0: Kia ora tato, no mai harimai. Wade Manson here from Sport Gisborne, Whiti, and you're listening to our podcast, The Sideline Yak.
1: Seeing your players develop as an individual, as a team, doing the sweat and tears at training and tactical plays, when you see that, those are the woohoo moments.
0: Kia ora ano, kote manako, kua pai te rā. Hope you are having a good day. Here we are, Fano, episode three. And we decided to change things up a bit this time. We've grabbed another microphone so we could have these two amazing wahini from the Tairafati netball community on this episode of the sideline yak, Crystal Kemp and Monique McLeod.
2: I don't ever want to be any kid's last coach. I don't want to ever be that coach that is the reason why they stop playing. For me, it's about creating more than anything else, an environment that they want to return to, where they feel included, where they feel enjoyment.
0: Crystal and Mons both love netball. They have played the game, umpired the game and coached the game and have been coaching for many years, developing this skill set through the netball community coaching pathway and currently both work for the Gisborne Netball Centre. They are dedicated to their sport and advocate for youth to have a quality experience within all sport and are passionate about developing coaches to have the tools to achieve this. Today, Crystal and Mons share their sporting experiences growing up. We chat about coaching their own children, the balance of being a mother and a coach and their learnings. Both share their coaching philosophies and how it can guide them through the challenges of being a parent coach. We also discussed the minimum game time within netball and how sport contributes so much more than just winning or losing. The passion and sincerity to develop our young people is clearly evident in Crystal and Mons' talk today. Their love for sport and creating positive experiences for young people is an asset to our local netball community. If you are a parent looking to coach or already coaching, then I'm sure you will find some gold nuggets in this episode today. As always, if you enjoyed this yak, feel free to share with others. The more we can promote this fano, the more others can benefit from these discussions. Nauenda, fakarongo mai kita yak. Kia ora welcome to the Sideline Yak. Today we have Mons and Crystal and we have a special guest as well, Tian, who's um, floating around playing with blocks and toys and waiting for his hot chocolate. But awesome to have you two here, really appreciate the time that you've allowed us, hopefully we're going to have some awesome kōrero, uh going forward. Just to kick us off, are you able to just summarise your role in a couple of minutes, like who you are and what you get up to within the netball community?
1: Uh, Kia ora te whānau, uh, ko Maraitaha um, te awa, ko Mātiti te maunga, ko nai te iwi, uh, ko Crystal Ho, and I'd like to start with up the Wires. And so my role at Gisborne Netball Centre is Game Development Officer and I wear a few hats in that space coming from Junior Coordinator with our Future Ferns, Coach Developer, Umpire Developer, played Development and a few other things along the way in my role. So that's a little bit about what I do at Gisborne Netball Centre.
0: Thanks, Crystal.
1: Kia ora. Uh, My
2: role at the Gisborne Netball Centre is the Youth Development Officer. So my space is in the secondary age group. Uh, I primarily came into the role to engage rangatahi in the design of netball opportunities that would increase youth participation. Uh, but but I also get involved in the rep space and support uh, coaching workshops, developing I'm becoming a coach developer, but still in the training space there, and basically running events, leagues, festival days, anything that encourages our youth to get involved
0: in netball. Nice. How did netball come about? Like, what? Why netball?
1: Why netball? Oh, for me, it came about 25 years ago, coaching um, my daughter and the interest for myself as a player. So that's when I first had the little fire ignited myself as a player and then coaching my daughter. So, yeah, that's how that came about for me.
0: Can you even take me back further? Can you take us back to netball as a kid? What got you into netball?
1: Yeah, that's a cool question, way because Right now, I'm thinking of, there used to be our playing courts were at St. Mary's School. And um, if if you're around my age bracket, you'll remember our courts being there. Five years old, uh, my dad used to take me. And he used to pay me 20 cents if I got a goal. Um, we used to wear these heavy pleated skirts. And it was it was so much fun. So, and I used to play for kaiti. So that's, that's when it all started. Yeah. My dad was the main driver supporter in my space in, in netball.
0: Nice. Mons?
2: I, I remember actually coming home from school one day. I went to Patatahi School. And there was a a form that we were allowed to take home uh, asking students if they wanted to play netball. So I took this form home. It was the first time I'd ever played um, a team sport and sat there with my parents going, I think I want to play netball. And we sat there deciding what position I was going to play and we decided I was going to become the goal attack because I could run around heaps and shoot goals. That's what I did. I signed up uh, back in my, my primary days and... Pretty much the love of the game grew from there.
0: Were there any other sports, like back when you were a child, like anything else that you were interested in or that you played or were involved with?
1: Um, Well, not for me. And I think the opportunities weren't there way back in the days. All we knew was netball for the girls and rugby for the boys, so I didn't have any other opportunities out there that I knew of. There could have been some, of course, but no, it was just, it was netball for me.
2: Similarly, netball was the the main sport and it, it has always been my main sport. But actually, I was super, super lucky to, uh, as I said, grow up in Paratahi. And at that time, like we're talking, you know, growing up in the 80s, we were just so, so lucky growing up out there. There was a really strong community vibe and us kids were fortunate because we had Taekwondo come to uh, Paratahi in the hall there. So I participated in, in that for numerous years, um, getting all the way to my black tip. Never did the black belt, unfortunately then also badminton became this big thing out there in the hall and all us kids out at School. It attracted everyone. We were all there. And so, yeah. Enjoyed the badminton scene, the tennis courts were pumping, the club was pumping. The whole, I feel very privileged and lucky to have grown up out Paratahi. And I think when I run into my old friends from our school days, we all kind of share that uh, appreciation. It's, it's brought us together. We feel we all shared in something really special in our youth. So we got to got to do lots of tennis through the school. I remember participating and in, in, coming into town and playing against the townies. Uh, it was awesome. And outside of that, we were constantly outdoors having a ball. Whether we were on someone's trampoline, climbing the climbing over the the banks to go down to the lagoon for swims, just riding our bikes, all sorts. We were just outdoors kids, and we loved it.
0: Nice, very country-orientated, <laughs> country kid.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah.
0: Cool. How how much has Nepal changed since then?
1: Oh, In terms of
0: the player, like as a player?
1: As a player, it's changed hugely. The surface that our players are playing on, um, what they're wearing now, uh, the skills, it's just levelled up leaps and bounds from when I used to play to now.
2: Absolutely. Crystal's already touched on it the when we started off playing netball and I said I, I wanted to be goal attack and that's the only position I played through my entire childhood. Nowadays we encourage our kids to try a variety of positions. That's a great thing. I've loved that adaptation to the game and those experiences for our kids. Yeah my defence skills have never been particularly strong because I've never
1: never ventured into the defence end of the court. But that's been a significant change. Yeah, the the actual game game is changing and evolving all the time. And that's across the board with other codes as well. So if we watch games, say Silver Ferns 40 years ago, and we fast forward it now, the players are stronger, they're fitter, uh, the movements are just dynamic. It has just grown over the years. And I like what you touch base on, Vimon, with um, backwards when I was playing I I only got to try goal shoot and and I wasn't my coach never put me anywhere else so fast forward to today we encourage coaches to give your players an opportunity to to try other positions because um, we don't know they might be the next Irene van Dyke but they're always kicked in the goal goalkeeper um, role so um, that's what we're encouraging of for today's netball
0: Nice. You're cre- creating that versatile player, aren't you? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, adaptable. So what life skills did you get from the time of playing moving forward?
1: As a player back in the day, I just found netball was all about tanga for me. And fast forward to today, it's the same. But I was single mother, little kids, and so were my teammates. A lot of us were the same. And we just wrecked support. It's warm. <gasps> oh, gosh. I just felt being as a player back then, it was about um first and um, supporting each other, especially around with us and all our kids. There was always someone on the sideline to look after your baby while you got out there and played.
2: Well, sport is life. When you're out there playing sport, you're living. While you're playing, whether you're on or off the court, you're constantly engaging in experiences that help grow you challenge you uh, whether it's the highs the lows everything about sport is gonna is gonna help you to grow as a person or to connect with others or to learn something you know it's it's just loads of opportunities to to discover more about yourself and to learn about others and how to support others and it's just yeah
0: no, I love it Awesome. Okay, so fast forward and you both become mums and you've got your children. How did they end up playing netball? Was there a little bit of, because we've played netball, we're moving into netball or did they find their own way to netball?
1: Yep, it came off me first. I I played netball, so of course I wanted my daughter to play netball. To be honest, that was the only sport I think hockey was injected about then, but That was an opportunity for for my daughter, no coach, so that's when I signed up.
2: Yes, I did encourage my girls to give netball a go, but I also encouraged them to try other sports, and so all three of my daughters uh, played hockey during primary, they've all had a go at badminton, and they're all currently playing badminton this year. did have a go at surf lifesaving, or I should say they had a go at surf lifesaving, lasted a season wasn't for them. So yeah, I always encouraged having a go and seeing what resonates with you. The netball definitely has and I think probably because definitely had some some probably impact towards that. But they love it. They love the sport as much as I do. Yeah.
0: Nice. Crystal, you mentioned that around coaching. We see a lot of parents that actually have to put their hand up to coach because schools struggle to find coaches. There's always that nervousness or not too sure if we should put the hand up, if we don't put our hand up, we're not going to have a team. Do you able to just explain how you ended up taking on that role as a coach for your kids' teams.
1: Firstly, that was many moons ago. And yeah, you got the the sign-up form, brought home, and then, you know, we had no cell phones back then. So it was pretty much, you know, I, I kept on going into the school. At that time, there was no one that had signed up to be the coach. So I thought, hey... I know a little bit about the sport. Why not? Otherwise, our kids would have missed out. So, yeah, that's how I first started my coaching career.
2: I've always loved sport from a kid right through. And so once I had kids, it was it's going to be... I knew it was going to be a big part of our lives together. And yes, when they came home with uh, the opportunities to play to play netball, absolutely I wanted to be involved in that. Yeah, there is a shortage of coaches. Uh, it wasn't like I was uh, fighting for the coaching role. But yeah, glad I got that op- opportunity. I was more than willing to put my hand up, use that time to spend with my kids.
0: What support did you have at that time from the school, from family? Like, What, what did that look like?
1: That looked like not much support at all. I can remember just getting handed a ball, a set of bibs and the uniforms, and that was it. You got handed a bag, had some resources in it, and and away you go. I didn't know who to reach out to as well, so I just took it upon myself and actually had my friends that I played with and had some conversations. And what would do at training for my playing team, I would just carry it on to my to my little five year olds. Of course I would downscale it and, and modify it, but it was pretty much, yeah, all myself with a with a little some input from my friends. Yep. So that was about me.
2: At the time that I started coaching my kids, I was actually working within a, the regional sports trust here at Sport Gisborne Tairawhiri. So I was surrounded by a lot of support, a lot of um, people that I could bounce off. I was surrounded by people with a really positive mindset towards sport. So, yeah, there was support around me. I, I was relying initially on, a, on just my own experiences and my, my past playing experiences. I'd done a little bit of coaching prior having kids. Yeah. Um, that I suppose helped me to learn and grow, but yeah, pretty much wasn't really reaching out within the netball centre or get, getting support from the centre at that time. I was just yeah relying on the people in my my workplace. But really just just myself to be to be honest. Just this, uh, I had the attitude that I just wanted to be out there doing it. So,
0: did you both feel capable of? Being able to like, like putting your hand up as a coach and then going, I can, I can do this. Did, did you feel capable enough or did you feel like you needed more support?
1: At the time, I, I wasn't nervous about it. I felt capable and I just didn't know where to go really. So I just took it all upon myself, but I thought I had the attitude, okay, we've got this, we can do this. So yeah. Yeah.
0: So Crystal, what support would you have liked to have had back then in the perfect world? Yep. So if you are starting as a coach back Mm -hmm. when you did, what would you have liked to have had in terms of support? What would good look like?
1: I would have liked to have known that I could go somewhere to get support like uh, the centre, of course, to go somewhere at the school and some resources. Back then, there was no technology. Um, you couldn't just whip something up on the phone. So, just handouts, just some sort of resources uh, would have been nice to, to have in the kete um, starting off way back then. So, yeah. And who could we go to? Because I didn't know who to go to back then.
2: Mm, similarly, didn't know really where to go for netball resources as such. but Definitely somewhere along the pathway, I've, I must have discovered that there was help because I'm not sure exactly what year it was, but the Nipple Centre, and I wasn't working for the Nipple Centre at that time, but they were offering workshops. So I started attending these because I did have a strong desire to improve um, my coaching skills and so I started attending the player centered coaching workshop soon I was attending attacking workshops defense workshops shooting workshops team building workshops team culture workshops and I still go to these workshops to refresh because sometimes I I forget it all so I need to go and refresh and yeah so I've I'm really proud to say I've attained my my Community Coaching Award Level 1 and I really encourage coaches. I've I've personally found so much benefit from them. I always encourage coaches to come along. And so, yeah, now that I'm working within the centre, yeah, that's kind of cool that I can provide that information to new coaches or even experienced coaches so that they're not starting off feeling like they're lost.
0: Mm. And I think, and this is a plug for the Nepal Centre now, is like, We've got two amazing people in those roles of game development officer and youth development officer. You two <laughs> are there now to provide that support because you've lived through it. You've understood what's what support you've needed. You've been able to be there now in those roles, like the centre of those roles that are there to support coaches coming through, which is really cool. Looking at coaching your own children, and that can be a, a task in itself. How do you deal with the dynamics of mum? and child, and then coach and athlete?
1: I've coached uh, a, a few of my kids. Um, I have six tamariki whanau. Uh, so I started with Heaven in the netball space, and I coached her for a number of years, say about 10 years, uh, my girl, have. Our relationship was, was a match made in Heaven. She would take her daughter hat off and become the athlete and me mum put the coaching hat on and she was an actual role model towards the others as well she would have a conversation with me and say mum how come you direct things at me you know she would come out and would have those conversations and this was a long time ago and then she realised. is it because you're telling me, but you you pointed it out to the rest of the team? And, and exactly how it was. So for that child, we had a good relationship. God bless her cotton socks. I'd love to coach her today. Moving forward, what I know now, and she still plays. I also coached my twins. I have twin boys in the touch rugby space when they were intermediate level boys are different to coach. I I love coaching boys. They and then of course we, they had their friends with them and they would just soak it up. They wouldn't really just ask lots of questions. They'd look at me with a lot of, you know, the big SpongeBob eyes and just really want to soak it up. Coachable, very coachable the boys were. My boys were were different to coach. They, one would go home and say, mum, did you see me do, get this try and whack that boy? Yes, son, I saw you. And then the other one would wait until I asked him, how'd you feel about your game? That that was a good experience, mother coaching her sons. And then a few years later, I started coaching my other daughter and that was a big struggle for us. We, we clashed as a athlete coach, and then switching over to daughter mother, that's when the clash came, and I had to check in on myself as well of the conversations that I was having with with my child. I wasn't I wasn't very the car ride home. Far no, wasn't a very um, good car ride home with with my daughter and I. Yeah, I had to look at myself and and say, you know, this is wrong. It took me a season or two to realise that pulling out the whys and the what questions to, to my daughter on the car ride home, that, that wasn't good for our relationship. So we discussed it. She was quite hard-headed as well. She didn't want to listen to, to her mum coaching. And that, that was a bit of a clash. So what I did there, whānau, and, and I don't know whether you might take this one on board, but I actually had to step away. I had to step away from coaching her. And two years, fast forward now, it, it's it's did a whole lot of good for both myself and my child. I think the injection of a new coach for her has has developed her hugely. Of course, because she had to have her listening ears on, she respects everyone and um, her development has grown. For myself, it made me just reset and just push that button to to look at can we come back together and, and be an athlete coach. And we've both had a dis- discussion and, yeah, we're, we're ready to to come back together again. I've got one more child now i I'm coaching him at the moment with um, under eights and JAB and touch as well. So again, the different age groups mm. as well is a, is a difference as well. These little people uh, are just, they fill my cup up. They make me want to coach again because I was at a point there that I wanted to give coaching up. And then I switched to little people with rugby and touch. And it just filled, ignited my passion to coaching again. So oh, I, I hope there were some tips in there, whānau.
0: That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm sure there'll be a lot in there that people will be able to take from.
2: Coaching my my eldest daughters, I absolutely loved it. It it bonded us. It was time well spent. I just got nothing but enjoyment out of it. My girls, you know, you always talk to them at the start of the season. For me, one of my strongest values is fairness. It's right up there with respect for others. Just got this big thing around fairness. So they know going into any season, I'm not going to treat them any differently to any other kid. Those are are other people's precious babies out there that I've got the privilege of working with. So I'm going to take care of them as much as I am you, and they understood that. And we, we loved our time together. I'm, I'm really fortunate to have a, a great relationship with my daughters. Was there a time I had to step away? Yeah, sure. There was a time. Um, I think by the end of primary, I thought it might be beneficial for them, for their netball to, to get some gems off someone else. You know, another coach might be beneficial for them. And, and I did step away. That was an interesting learning experience. Uh, long story short, I was back coaching the next year. Why? Because the coach that they had had a different philosophy to mine, and it was impacting their confidence. It was impacting their whole order. Although I tried to to talk to the coach about it, uh, it fell on deaf ears, and it wasn't something that was up for debate. So I thought, really, the only way I can address this is is to be a coach again and to install in my coaching practices philosophies that I feel help kids to enjoy the sport. So I was back coaching the next year. That came a lot around to, this is at intermediate age, you know, girls not getting on the court. So my girls always say to me, when it comes to the question of are you going to play this year, are you going to coach us? They actually want me to coach, and that's a real privilege. I know a lot of kids don't like being coached by their parents, but... To have my kids actually, please, mum, can you coach this year? Uh, is, is, is really special. I've not always, um, been able to coach them because other wonderful people have stepped up and taken those roles. So that's cool. That allows me to, to put my energy into coaching my younger daughter. And that's been a different experience too. Yeah. Each child comes with their own personality. And yeah, sometimes I feel. Yeah, I have to have little chats. Yeah, you do have to have little chats to your own afterwards because, yeah, I remind them, hey, I need you to be a role model for the rest of the girls. And yeah, it just requires some good communication, communication. Cause your own daughter, I suppose they feel like because it's mum, they can say things to you that other kids wouldn't think of saying. And that's okay. Cause I get it. You know, I'm, I'm a mum. But, um, yeah, we just have to have a little chat about what's, what's appropriate to be said in front of the team and how to behave. And, and those, those conversations are, are fine to, to navigate. What I love about coaching with my kids is that my kids provide me with some really good feedback. They will tell me straight up. Mum, I think he's talked a little bit too much in that one. <laughs> or oh, Mum, that was awesome. That was such a cool training. Thank you for that. So while it's important to get feedback from all your players, you can count on your own to give you some pretty honest stuff.
0: Do you feel like you're ever tough on your own child while you're coaching? Absolutely. Why do you think that?
1: It happened with my my older daughter. I was always tougher on her. I was always telling her first. But it was trying to spread it and sprinkle over the entire team. But I oh yeah, talking about it now I was like, oh my goodness, sorry, kid. But I'd I'd just direct it. At her first. Yeah, and then, you know, naturally, you talk to your own child with a little bit of grunt and, and gruff. But to somebody else's child, I don't know, this is me. I, I I may be called a little bit of a softie as a coach, but I don't have it in me to have that real stern way of coaching. But to your own I do and whanau I also coach my mokopuna as well in the Jav's, and oh my gosh thinking about it I also give him a little bit of a a rev up because they're your own I guess I guess that's where it comes from and then try and hopefully the message filters out to the rest of the players so you try and tend to to pick on your own a little bit more Mm -hmm. but that's me yeah
0: it's interesting conversation because a lot of us as parents, when we go in and, and as, uh, become a coach for the team, we don't want to be seen as mm. favoriting our own child and, mm. and bringing them up above anyone else. So you, you sort of naturally incline maybe, and I don't know, there may be it's some tougher. psychology around it or something that you sort of treat them slightly different so people don't see you as mm. favoring them. What I'm trying to get at is it's quite a fine line between coaching our own kids and it's knowing when to switch off as a coach and when to switch off back in as a parent and that's like you mentioned crystal the car ride home that's almost a podcast in itself just simple things like i love seeing you play today Mm -hmm. just simple things like that you don't need to analyze Mm -hmm. the whole game the whole training session it's just being able to recognize that they were out there you love seeing them play you love seeing them doing something that they enjoy that'll keep them coming back
1: and I've got a story from when I first started out, not knowing nothing about coaching, uh, then getting into my role, adding all this gold into my kitty, still having little kids to raise and becoming their coach. So their stories are totally different of how I was as a mum and a coach, learning all the tools so my baby Onyx is getting all the gold. However, the older kids um, might have got a little bit of a, the other side of mum being the coach.
0: And that's cool. And I think we will make mistakes as coaches and as parents. We, we always do. And I think if we can learn from it, it's even better. But I think the main thing, especially to our listeners that are, uh, are listening to us today, it's more about there is support out there. There is help. Mm. Never be afraid to ask, whether it's to you two at the netball center, whether it's just to another parent or another coach that you know of, uh, or even to the school if you're coaching with the school. The nice thing is that as coaches, you can always get feedback. You can always get information. How you translate or interpret it or use it is up to you. But at least if you, you're out there listening and, and learning, then it can be, uh, it can be really helpful. Tricky thing to navigate. Like we've all been there. It's why you're on today to, to help come up with some of these tips around it. It can really strengthen relationships within within families.
2: Absolutely. I've got memories now of uh, my daughters giving me, telling me what I should have done you shouldn't have put her there and you should have done this and you should have done that as if they're they're all of a sudden the coaches. But, you know, they're they're young. They haven't had the opportunities that I've had over the years to to develop my philosophy and why I do things the way I do. So we've got to kind of Oh, I listen to them, but I also you know, try to explain to them why I've done what I've done, you know, and I think they come around to understand that. Yeah, so sometimes, yeah, maybe putting this player in that position cost us a game, but teaching
1: them why we've done that is, is part of their learning.
0: Are you able to share your philosophies, your coaching philosophy?
1: Yeah, I will probably start back when I first started coaching. The style will go with that versus style of of coaches that were out there, and 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 there's there's many of them still there today. Very coach centered um, style of coaching, and that's how I was. Because I, I didn't know no other really. It's this is what I would like you to do, and this is how you do it. Learning over 25 years of coaching. Now we, are, and now it's all about the player, player centered coaching. It's all about the athlete, hearing their voice, knowing the person before the player. So over probably about the last 15 years, um, I've built a philosophy around my coaching. It differs depending on what age group that you're coaching, but it would pretty much be having a hui. This is this is how it'll look like. So far, it's it's really important to have that um, post selection of your team. Um, have a hui with your with your team and their far especially if you're a coaching age group. Um, children, um, involve the whānau, uh, and and tell them about talk about your philosophy, your expectations of the season, and my last one it was of a secondary netball team, and it was we are going to have your child will all we'll play at least half a game two quarters in a netball game and that's what I wanted to do and I prided myself through the season of having that, um, keeping them safe, communication, those were the top three of of our coaching season that year. So I was true to my philosophy, I, I wrote it out that season, we didn't always get the, the W on the court but winning for me looks like Different things in our team. But it changes for me each season and depending on who I'm coaching.
0: There's something you mentioned in there around half game, which I'll park at the moment, but I'll come back to because it's an interesting topic. Mons, what about you with your philosophy?
2: My philosophy is our players are people first. I'll admit there was probably a time where I thought to be a good coach, I had to come in. And sound like I knew everything, and that, and I, I didn't. But I'll, oh, I'll fake it and pretend I do. Probably talk the whole way through the training and tell them this is the way to do things. And there was an evolution, of course, in in saying less and allowing the kids to be involved more. And soon learned that they had a lot to offer in terms of how our trainings went. And so now very much it's about, yeah, allowing the players to to express themselves. They can come up with some really good adaptations to games and come up with their own rules. Sure, you're there to help guide, but yeah, definitely do a lot more pulling now. And I allow trainings to be a little messier than before. Good to have a bit of a plan, but you can veer off that plan. But basically, I think it's about, I don't ever want to be any kid's last coach. I don't want to ever be that coach. That is the reason why they stop playing. For me, it's about creating more than anything else, an environment that they want to return to, where they feel included, where they feel enjoyment. And I know I've had, players come to my team because they've not felt that somewhere else and that's that's a really wonderful thing to know that you're making players feel that way and it, it beats any score line at the end of the day because we don't remember the scores of anything we remember how we felt that's the buzz I get from it really but hey I'm human I'm not going to pretend there's not moments where I'm sitting there looking at that score I'm not gonna lie to you it, it sometimes it comes you know I've got I coach girls that do have a competitive edge, but we also have mixed players and there's a whole lot of things you've got to juggle. And you've got to be really careful sometimes of your emotions on a particular day and what you can get carried away with. But, you know, that's why reflection is such a big, big piece of coaching and why we must always come back and and have a little check-in, like Chris says. Have a little check-in with yourself. I do plenty of that. And I'm not always proud of every decision I've made, but I hope I'm getting better and better each time I'm out there with a team and I'm definitely trying to. So I've got, I'm trying to develop a growth mindset for myself and I try to be that role model for, for the kids so that they can develop that growth mindset. The more I allow myself or give myself permission to make mistakes, the more they're going to give themselves permission to do the same. Yeah, we're all just in this one big journey of learning and I I hope that I'm, creating that more and more as I become a, I carry on coaching.
0: I love it. Being in that learning pit is always sometimes scary, but that's, as Crystal said, that's where the gold comes from. So Crystal, you mentioned minimum game time for kids. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, Netball New Zealand made some bold changes to create uh, participant-focused and player-centred opportunities. One of those changes was the minimum game time, which was youth player had to, or junior player had to play at least a minimum of half a game. So that's been a big change, and there'll probably be a lot of pushback from it, but can you just talk us through some of your thoughts around this?
2: I feel with young people, when they sign up or put their name down to play a sport, they're putting their name down to play a sport. You know, if this kid has got the the motivation to sign up to play netball or hockey or whatever it is, then that's what they should be doing. It's that simple. Sitting on a bench is not playing the sport they've signed up to play they're young and we know the benefits of sport the health benefits the the emotional benefits the spiritual benefits yeah. so let them have those benefits by giving them game time so i guess i mean i know there's been evidence-based research that has gone into getting the voice from young people as to why they play and um, that's that that evidence is there and it's, it's because they want to uh they want to develop their skills. They want to connect with their friends. They want to have fun and all that stuff. So it's really just about providing the space for them to do that. So this, these, these recommendations to give our young people minimum game time is really to support those things so that they can improve. Their skills. They're not going to improve sitting on the bench. They want to feel like they matter. Everyone should be treated the same. They pay the same fees. They they go they go to the trainings. They get the same opportunity on the court. That's basically that's what kind of drives me anyway, as as far as um, game time goes. And I and I guess yeah, we're we're lucky. I feel we're very lucky to have a national sporting body like Netball New Zealand that support us. in you know, with ways to encourage this and to help this to be achieved
0: on reflection or a question that you could be asking yourself as a coach is like are you prioritizing a short-term results focused approach over a long term player development because at the end of the day like you say we want kids to come back everyone should have the equal opportunity they all pay their fees they all get that opportunity to play and the only way a player is going to be developed or get to a point where if they want to go further is they have to play if they're sitting on the bench mm-hmm they're never going to have that opportunity. Like you said, like the reason that it got bought in is because retention rates were low. So people actually stopped playing because they weren't getting the time. There is a, a big risk because you have a coach that might go, I'm only going to put the best on and that's it because I want to win. But then we need mm. to sort of look at it and going, what is your philosophy? Mm. How are you developing? And these are kids. These are they're actual kids. They're not adults. I know rugby doing it, um, so they're doing that half game minimum. Netball obviously now. I know football and hockey obviously advocate for equal playing time. So I think it's really cool that the codes are doing it. Potentially, there might be need more education to mm. coaches around why we're doing this. And mm. it's more about, as you say, it's, it's not about the, the scoreboard. It's more about the development of the player and, yeah. and their love of the sport as well. Like if these kids are here because they love playing it, give them those opportunities, get them out there. The more time they get on the field, the more opportunities they have to develop and yeah. they just get better.
1: Absolutely, and I feel that, um, yeah, it's, it's about the experience, no, and I feel as a coach, all right, okay, so we, we might have our, our seven strongest string on there, but as a coach, I would like to coach the whole 10, the whole 12 up at a same level so whatever changes you make there's no disruptions on the flow of our game so that's my challenge for myself as a coach to get my players all on the same level
2: there's a lot for coaches to learn around this but also for players too and and you know actually there are a lot of young players that actually are very uh they're very competitive and they they like to win and that's okay. And that's, you know, we might have a win and we can celebrate those wins. But I also feel there's exactly. a responsibility for me to help kids understand exactly what Crystal said. And that's how winning can also look. So I spend a lot of time at the start of any season around our, our values and what's important to us and our behaviors and how actually playing how our sportsmanship can make us winners. I've stood on the side of a court many a time where the girls are frustrated by the opposition, by by various factors. They'll complain that they're, they're getting pushed around, that other players are behaving a certain way. You know, we can't control what's going on there, but life lessons, we can control how we react to things. And it's about building our players to even at a young age, to be able to find the mental strength to kind of get through these challenging moments. At the end of the game, if we don't have the points on the board, I say to them, looking at our sportsmanship, we were winners. Did you answer back to the umpire? Did you swear at a, or push another player? Did you put down your teammates? And if the answers to that are no, 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 we're the winners, and this, yeah, many ways to um, feel good about your experience on the court. It's got nothing to do with the scoreline. The the improvement you know, a players made. You know, you've seen them practicing their goals. They don't want to shoot, but we've been practicing, practicing. They go and shoot, and they shoot really well. Might not have led to a win, but they put up some shots. You know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I, I think it's really important to bring in at a young age, helping our, our kids to understand these things.
0: Nice. That's the difference between obviously performance centered and development centered. And that's the two of you around this philosophy of being development centered or athlete centered. It's putting it all around the, the child and giving them those opportunities to develop. Whereas performance centered is obviously just focused on winning, scoring, the scoreboard, and it and it can be quite detrimental to a child that is learning the game. Like especially within our junior grades and, and youth grades. An example that I've used for the kids that I coach is that we provide opportunities for them to fail. Obviously, our end goal is, is Winter Tournament Week. In the meantime, we play in the men's league here at home, but giving them those opportunities, go out there and throw an aerial, go out there and do a tomahawk, practice that. And they might, the aerial might go over one person and drop down, and then the other teams coming at us with a border game, they had that opportunity to actually try it, test it, in an environment that we were quite safe to do, from maybe one, two kids doing aerials to about three-quarters of the team all having a crack at doing aerials, and now they just throw them whenever they want to, and they they understand why they have to throw the ball up in the air and they, yeah. they they get it and they've practiced it and they've had those opportunities to be able to do it. So it's amazing and I think those are the, the highlights and those for me are the wins because that's when you see your player developing and they're becoming better because they've had those opportunities mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Absolutely.
1: Seeing your players develop as an individual, as a team, doing the sweat and tears at training and then seeing the gold being displayed on the game time, uh, those are big winning moments for me. Tactical plays, when you see that, those are the woohoo moments. And just the whanau, the the fizz around the courts with whanau, just happy to see their kid out on the court playing. A shooter that wasn't very confident to enter that circle to tune and shoot, though, those are winning moments um, for me. Instead of the dub on the court, on the card.
0: What's an achievement that you are most proud of within your mahi?
1: Starting off in my mahi, I, I wasn't really confident about taking on the role, but with all the people that I have worked with and all the support wrapped around, I'm having the confidence now. I am I wasn't that confident starting in my role. Been in it for about seven years and the people that I've worked with, the high-profile coaches, players, and especially the support around our community, have really boosted my confidence now in in doing my mahi and and talking to a room full of hundreds of people and just growing and knowing my craft. And then, of course, seeing the pathways open for our players and our coaches and our umpires. I think that's one of the highlights that that I'm most proud of being a part of in my role. I do hope that one day that, that I'm still here, a player, an umpire or a coach, gets that silver fern um, on their chest. And if I could say, hey, I taught that player at future ferns level, you know, or, oh, that coach was at one of my workshops, or, hey, I've given some gold to that umpire, that that would be the ultimate for me. That it's, yeah, building the confidence with the people that I've worked with and, and creating those pathways.
2: Yeah. Nice. Uh, in 2020, uh, I was given the opportunity to work with Rangatahi. We had the challenge of co-designing a netball opportunity that would engage more young people in netball. It was a really difficult year. We had COVID. It stopped the momentum in a lot of other centres of this, this happening and we we're all working with the same goal in mind and I'm just really proud of the effort of our local rangatahi that despite some of these challenges just stayed solutions focused, remained positive, we we stayed connected online, we came together, we, we brainstormed, we Supported one another, and at the end of it, you know, we did, we had our first ever Youth Beach League, and that was in 2020. And we've been able to continue offering uh, social netball opportunities um, since then. So, this will be our fourth year of running a social netball league for youth that looks very different to our Saturday sport. It's still growing, we still are learning a lot in this space, but working with young people to make these things happen is really rewarding but our young people I think you know they deserve uh, to be heard and it's just a privilege because I get to be part of their their growth and development and we're learning together and it's just it's just been a, a really wonderful thing to be part of.
0: Awesome. How has failure or apparent failure set you up for later success?
2: Anyone that knows me and I blame this on my star sign I'm a perfectionist. I, I overthink everything, and it took me a while to give myself permission to fail. That's thanks to a lot of people that are, I've been fortunate to have in my life, and it's it's, a, it's it's something I've had time to embrace. Thankfully now, yeah, I don't I don't see failure as as anything mm-hmm. negative. I mean, obviously. You make mistakes. If you don't, but you try to learn from them, right? If you keep making the same mistake, then then there's a problem. But failure is okay, and that's what I tell our our netball leaders to to be open to making mistakes, and things don't have to look perfect. Don't be hard on yourself. I think I'm, I, I have been. I'm very critical of myself more than I'd ever be critical of anyone else walking on this planet. So, learning to be kinder to myself by allowing myself to make mistakes. You always you you can't just go into anything without um, a bit of a plan. So, you've got to make the effort as well. You can't just make mistakes because you haven't even tried. You know, you've got to put in put in some mahi and and make an effort to to grow, and that's what I apply to my work, to my coaching, to my my mentoring of young people, and it is very liberating. <laughs>
0: there, I love it, mourns That's that's a great reflection. That's um amazing.
2: I, I I'm surrounded by good people, Wade, and um you know this this lady beside me, she's uh, been my mentor for a long time now, and she is amazing at what she does. At, at, at being a coach developer, an umpire developer, but she has just always said to, you know, encourage me to be me. As much as I think, oh man, I want to be more like Crystal and do this. And that. No, you know, you, and, and there are people that you can, other coaches you can, you can observe and learn from and, yeah, by all means do that, but always be authentic to yourself. And most people know what they get when they come across me. I I have this, sometimes it can be a good thing, sometimes not so good, but I have this enormous ability to care about people. I'm highly empathetic and it is one of my strengths. And I'll, I'll, I'll always consider it a strength because through my own experiences, I can, Empathize more with players. So having having been a player for a long time, I I know what it's like when this scenario happens or when that scenario happens. I've experienced all the highs and lows, and that helps me to understand my players better. So I'm actually grateful for all the lows and all the challenges and all the hard stuff. At the time, it seems it seems hideous, but um, when you get past it, and you kind of go. Actually, I'm really glad I had that experience because when I come across a player having those similar experiences, those the same emotions, I'll be I'll be better equipped to to support them with that. So yeah, I'm I'm glad for it all. Nice. Does that make sense? Do I went probably way off the question there. I no, don't no, even
0: remember no, what no. it was. That was gold month.
1: Yeah, I guess for me it would be about preparation. So you, you do your reflection and you always think, hey, how could I have done? What could we have done to smooth out edges or, or, or work uh, on the improvement? It would be, yeah, the key thing is good preparation. Another one would be the communication there were times I, I can—it's all coming back to me now, sitting in this room, having this corridor about uh, the time where players were sitting on the bench. I didn't communicate well, and it all sort of turned to custard, you know. It, it, it and that definitely rocked my coaching experience then. So again, the reflection. Okay. What can you do, Crystal, is you you need to prepare and you need to communicate. So those will be my two big learnings um, moving forward. And then I did inject that into my coaching years later, following years and and stuck to it. And then in our roles, adding those tools, those goals in the kitty is um, preparation. Communication is, is high up there.
0: Love it. Yeah. And the last question, ladies. What does the value of sport mean to you?
1: Oh, it's going to be a little bit of a rap, whānau, but um, as I sit here and reflect on when I started with my older children um, to now, 25 years later, and I'm still coaching, and um, I'm even coaching my mokopuna, it life skills, the whanau tanga, My older children... And and bless the whānau that has been around my older children when they were in the sports here in Te is that they made friends for life, friends that sat on my boys' wedding tables and the brothers, the brothers, My daughter, same story. All her girls back then, we created this whānau culture that they're still her sisters of today. Just the values that you instill in your whānau and then they go to kura and they've got their school values and then they go to their sports club or team and we take them there. And you do pick up some children and some athletes that have come to you and you're you're seeing some missing value links along the way, and then you so you you know you inject it into into that into that player, and you just keep on telling them you take this through to your life. Don't just be in the moment in in our sports team wherever you go, you take those values. So it was all about that. And I now am coaching in JAB under eights, this little touch team. And I felt that I've gone into a different code. I've been netball for so many years and and now I'm jumping into a different code. And I've actually, I felt that I've taken some of my learnings from netball and I'm injecting it into this new space and it's filtering out. I'm hearing some feedback that, hey, uh, this coach, um, she's really good at talking to the kids. And then you get some feedback off the sideline. What I love to do in the rugby and the touch, and I've, I've always done this even when my older kids were in this age group, is you line them up, you try and inject little things that, The all-blacks do, or the silver ferns, and you line them up and you invite the other team and you run on the field. Oh my gosh, that fizz, that feeling, just running on for our kids is just gold. And all the whanau there are clapping away like that. But yeah, it's... For life, life experiences, creating that culture for knowing a and having those new friends actually become your brothers and sisters. So it, it has been a huge part of my life.
0: I love it. Absolutely love it. Nice. Thank you, Crystal. Mons.
2: It's all about the people. Through sport, I have experienced so many wonderful, wonderful moments. I've worked with wonderful people. I have coached wonderful young people. I get to to get I get to know people better. I love meeting people. I love people. I love netball. You put it together, and it's just the perfect mix. It's who I am. I, I it's what I get my kicks from. Uh, it's bonded me to my family and some of my best friends in this world. I've I've met through sport. This lady right here, I I, I just love with all my heart. She's She's not just um, someone who I learn from and, and respect in the nepo sense. She's she's just one of my best friends, and I owe it all to no, to sports. Just turning up at the courts on a Saturday. Hi. Hi to this person, hug that person. It just gives me so much joy to watch other people having fun, to see the pride and, and parents as they watch their kids, to see kids learning, growing. It's all just a wonderful, wonderful buzz. As I said earlier, even, even the, the, the difficult, more challenging moments only become Amazing moments when you've all had a chance to to work through it and and see it for what it is. I just I just think sports just a just an absolutely wonderful, powerful vehicle to to connect with others and learn about others, not just about netball, but you know who they are. And who I am and I tell you what, we've had so I've had some challenges all right through the coaching season, but at when you get to the end of it, you know, there's if there will be a few people out there that can tell you, yes. when it comes to prize giving, oh man, I, I'm that person that's got a tear in my eye kind of getting a bit choked up thinking about it now. To be honest, you know, those kids that you you just form these these relationships with, don't care how good or how bad they were on the court, but they're people. You get to know them, in, and it's just an absolute privilege. Yeah. So that's, that's what it is yeah. for me, and it's why I keep coming back.
0: Awesome.
1: And I just wanted to add something there. You made me think of, Mon, is that – sport for me and when I was a single mum was I knew what my kids were doing. I knew that they were at training this time and I knew that they were we were going away to a tournament or playing the game. and it just filled their lives up so they weren't bored and doing other things. It just filled their their lives up with just this goodness. That I, I truly believe that, you know, was a big part of their mold growing up to be fine humans. I do find I still have some little people growing up, but sport was, we're all about it. One more thing I wanted to add is that we're here to support you and your coaching. If you're one of those coaches that think, oh, gosh, I, I do want to, but this and that. I was always had a little kid around my ankles. There might have been one in my belly, one on my hip, and one in the pram. I still went and coached because there was no one. But when you create that environment, you've got all the babysitters on the sideline that help you. And they actually look at you, and, and yeah, you're an inspiration. So hats off to all the coaches out there. It's not an easy geek, and we're here to support you in any way we can.
0: Awesome, I love it. Now, mihi Nunui, a huge thank you to both of you. The sincerity, the passion, the pride, everything within our kōrero today has been amazing to hear, And I hope um, our listeners out there are able to take something away from it. And also to know that you two are available as well within the netball community. know if you're out there and you need some help, you want to further your coaching qualifications. You want to just even have that nudge to get into coaching, to come and see you too. You, you too awesome. And thank you for being on today. Thank you for sharing. Thank you to Tian as well. You did a massive effort, mate. That's like over an hour of just keeping yourself active and entertained. So hats off to Tian as well. But ladies, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. And it's been a wonderful chat. Thank Thanks, you.
1: Wade. Thanks, Wade. Wade. <laughs> Thank